Welcome to APAC Prophetic Women's Conference 2021, Prophetic Woman, God's Secret Warrior. This is an interdenominational conference attracting women throughout the Asia-Pacific region who are hungry for the undiluted reality of the God they faithfully serve. This conference is organized by Streams International Prophetic Church. Visit us at www.streams.org.au or call 1-300-361-971. And now, here is a powerful, life-giving message from our prophetic speaker. And we are going to have an exciting time right now of Q&A. So what I'd like you to do is to prepare some questions ready for our beautiful guests, Prophetess Ulmu Gabriela Nasulu and Pastor Catherine Renola. We will head to your campuses very soon, so please, Brisbane, Townsville, Adelaide and Port Moresby, please be ready with a question to ask our guests today. So firstly, we'd like to uh, ask um, our guests to come on the screen so we can ask them a question. And I'd firstly like to ask Pastor Catherine a question myself, and then we'll proceed to go to the different campuses. So the question I'd like to actually ask first is, uh, Pastor Catherine, as one of God, what would you say your top three scriptures are when we are facing a challenge or when you're facing a challenge, what would be those scriptures that you would pull forth for people to actually hang on to when they're in a time of a challenge? In a place of trial and discouragement. But for me, I always come back to he is my ever-present help in time of need because I know that when I ask for help, my father will always give me a father's help. So for me, uh, that is probably one of my, my top ones that I can always go to him, that he is my strong tower, my fortress, that I can run into those who run into the name of the Lord, uh, will be saved. And so I, I really feel it... Um, understanding our need to ask for help is so important. Um, I also, whenever I'm feeling overwhelmed or discouraged, I, I love to remember that the Bible tells me that in 1 John 3.20, that even if my heart condemns me, he is greater than my heart and that I can trust him above what my emotions might be trying to tell me. Uh, so that's another really important one for me. And uh, the apostolic prayers, coming back to Ephesians chapter 3, verse 14 to 21, uh, praying and believing for the Holy Spirit to strengthen me with might in my inner being so that I can comprehend this love that passes knowledge because his perfect love casts out fear. And when we're in those places of, of feeling under uh, attack and feeling discouraged, fear tries to come in, uh, shame tries to come in, but his perfect love casts all of that out and we remember again that we are restored to him. And then also Romans 5.1, that therefore having been justified by faith, we have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ. Just remembering that every time I lift my voice and say, Father, I don't have to be afraid that he's judging me or that he's angry with me or cross with me or holding any offense at, with me at all, but I have been made at peace with him i've been reconciled to him he has no offense in his heart at all toward me he looks at me and loves me and uh, knowing that is the way that he is all the time because of the lord jesus because of our faith in his uh, sacrifice 
is a, is the most wonderful thing to to know and to recognize. But uh, it's very hard to choose only three. <laughs> Uh, we've got a question there, and they'll be asked that question to either of you and to see what um, what answer you have for them. If you can just cross to Brisbane, please. Okay. So we've got a question ready in Brisbane? Yes, we do. Thank you, Sis Carla. Okay. It's coming from me. So <laughs> um, this is a question for Pastor Catherine and Mama Prophetess. Um, the question is, how do you maintain balance as a pastor, as a wife, and as a mother? Wow. Well, um Ula, do you want to answer that one first? Okay, I will go first. Um, and that's because I want to learn wisdom as well. When you uh, speak about how you do it, uh, I have not been in full-time ministry uh, for a very long time, uh, but I have been a working mother and in ministry uh, you know, a mother working in the corporate world and in ministry for like 10 years before um, the beginning of 2020 when I went into full-time uh, ministry. I think what I want to say is that it's not an easy thing to do. And um, I have learned to, um, to learn from God that God is okay with my other responsibilities as well, that they are very important as well, so that my family and my children are very important as well as the ministry. So I have learned and I'm still learning on how to best balance those things. But the only advice I have regarding that question is for anyone who God is calling amongst us who are listening um, into full-time ministry, it's very important um, that 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 we know that we have got that call. We can all serve God in many many different ways. We are all serving God, but um, if uh, it's a call to full time ministry, it costs a lot. The cost is big, um, and many women of God <laughs> maybe would would have been okay if they were not in that position. Uh, if they were just able to, you know, serve God in any other way. But when God calls, that's the thing that keeps you moving. But there is a price that everyone around you, your children, your husband, everyone pays that price. And so I've tried to just take my children along on the journey and help them to enjoy whenever there's uh, things that they can enjoy as well. Just take them along um, in that, but it's something that I'm also learning. So thank you, Pastor Kathleen. Over to you. He expressed. I, I think that was a beautiful, beautiful answer. It's true. Uh, there is a cost, and it you can't you can't explain it until you are are there. But um, 
And I, I believe perseverance is absolutely important. We have to decide and know he alone has life. But I, I agree with everything that you've said. We must must make sure that um, we bring our children along on the journey. Um, I don't, it, it's all part of life. Ministry for me is part of our life. So the kids have always come along to the meetings. You know, I remember when my, my youngest would, would be sleeping on the floor underneath the seats while I would be preaching. And so we've done as much as we can. We always just do it as family. And uh, from the from the beginning, children have fit in with us. We didn't um, we didn't center our lives around the children, but the children fit in with the family. But in the same way, I think it's very important that we maintain boundaries. The Lord rebuked me uh, when I was uh, had lilies around my feet, and uh, you know, just yeah, uh, my my eldest was in school and. They were tugging at my dress, needing my attention and needing my help. And I was on the phone trying to counsel somebody. And I heard the Lord say, what are you doing? And I said, I'm trying to help people. And he said, your priority at the moment needs to be your children. And I, I realized he wasn't saying not to be in ministry, but what he was saying is I needed to have clearer boundaries. So for me at that stage, I had to make some boundaries that um, in that after school period, particularly from 4 till 6.30 or 7, I had to draw a boundary and say, okay, I, I can't be doing ministry phone calls and meetings during that, that space of time during the school week because my kids need me. Uh, that was just one of those boundaries. We also, I remember in the early days of, of pastoring, people would call us up in the middle of the night, like at 12 o'clock at night, and say they're having an argument with their spouse and they want to move out right now and could Tom come and help them move out right now? And, um, and God bless him, he would get up and he would go. And But then we'd all be so tired in the morning and the kids getting up early. And we began to realize, hey, this you know, being so accessible is actually not healthy or wise. Uh, so we realized they're not going to die. <laughs> I mean, if they were, they could call the ambulance or the police. Um, but it, they'll survive till the morning. And um, that I'm not, I, we're not people's slaves. <laughs> um, but we, we want to love them well. But we also need to maintain boundaries that can maintain healthy marriages and healthy family. So we had to limit um, who was who had access to our numbers, um, and if it was really urgent, then uh, a leader could contact us and we could go and do something. But just not giving everybody access, um, having them knocking on our door day and night all the time, just was not okay for my children. Um, and so we had to really we had to learn how to draw boundaries, and I think boundaries are very healthy and very important. Um, moving, uh, you know, when you're in ministry, because that's the way you can maintain longevity, and then also prioritizing things that are important for your children. Uh, their games, you know, their sports, their different things. You can't do everything because ministry has demands and requirements. But, but trying to help them recognize that they are not second place to ministry uh, is also, I think, really, really important. And then when you're in your own marriage. Um, we had we've had to draw boundaries that 
like at the end of the night. So often I'd be talking about um, ministry things, who was there, who wasn't there, and and so on with Tom. But we sort of had to realize it's better for us at that at that last part of the evening to sort of make an agreement. We're not going to talk about church stuff <laughs> for the rest of the evening. We'll talk about that in the morning and um, just so that we could switch off. I, I think these things are important. Thank you. Thank you, Pastor Catherine. Thank you, Mama. If we can have Townsville. Hallelujah. Praise God. Praise the Lord. Yeah, my question, I will direct my question to both of you as well, my mama and uh, Pastor Catherine. Hallelujah. Uh, I just want to ask these questions on behalf of other women of God. Okay. Hallelujah. Uh, my question is this. Uh, I've once been in a ward, you know, not knowing about Jesus or not doing the right thing, but now I have a change of life. I accepted Jesus Christ as my Lord and personal Savior. And uh, I'm doing the right thing, following the right thing in the house of God, coming to church, attending, you know, meetings in church, reading the word of God, praying as I ought to do, and at the right time as a child of God. You know, I've left behind the life of sin, but yet I realize my life is full of troubles and problems, and, uh, you know, maybe going through sicknesses and diseases. So I just want your word of encouragement for women like that. Because oftentimes people ask me such a question, how come I'm experiencing this, even though I am a child of God, even though I've left my whole life, even though I've said now I want to devote my life to Jesus, but I thought my life should be better now, how come it's now more difficult? What are your word of encouragement for such people? Thank you very much. Okay, I will, okay, I will ask Pastor Kathleen ask to go first Pastor on this Kathleen. one. <laughs> I think that's a wonderful question and a very honest question. You know, the Bible tells us that in this world we'll have trouble, but take heart, I have overcome the world. And I think this is the, the key, is we need to recognize that uh, when we come into the kingdom of God, it doesn't mean that it's going to be a bed of roses. It doesn't mean that bad things don't happen to good people. Um, and many are the afflictions of the righteous, the scripture tells us. But the Lord delivers him from them all. But the truth is that whether you're saved or you're unsaved, the enemy hates you because you are made in the image of God and he seeks to steal, to kill and to destroy. And um, we need to recognize that uh, it's not worse having come into the kingdom, but it is so much better, not because of our circumstances or what ha does or doesn't happen to us, but because of what we have. Like in the midst of storms, in the midst of difficulties, we have a peace that passes understanding. We have the hope of e eternity. We have that place where we can cast our cares on him because he cares for us. 
He's the one who knows how to make us lie down in green pastures and restore our souls. We have one that can interpret our tears and we can sow our pain in faith, knowing that he makes all things work together for the good of those who love him and are called according to his purpose. And the Bible promises us for our former shame, pain and disgrace, he will give us double recompense. So even though awful things can happen, you can sow the pain and say, Father, I thank you that you're going to make this work for good. Father, I thank you that you are my ever-present help in time of need. And I thank you, Lord God, that I can trust you, that even in the midst of the storm, you will give me, you give me supernatural peace, that I have the hope of heaven, that I am loved. We, ha we haven't got uh, lives that are afraid of um, being rejected, but we can know I am successful because I am loved by God and that I get to love him back. And that is the epitome of success. Ah, I have this relationship with the Lord himself and I can enjoy his presence no matter what's going on. Every time I lift my eyes, no matter what is trying to come against me, I have the maker of heaven and earth smiling at me, assuring me of, of eternity with him and life here on earth, uh, walking with him. I'm not alone and I don't have to do it by myself. And those that have been going through chronic illness and chronic disease, we have a hope that others don't have, and that is that by his stripes we were healed. And if you don't quit, you win. You know, I've, I've been through um, sickness, disease, and I, I know what it is to have chronic sickness and pain and disease, and it's very disheartening. But I would have lost hope, like David said, had I not believed that I would see the goodness of the Lord in the land of the living, Psalm, Psalm 27. And we have that hope. Thank you, Father. And praise God as you persevere through, you will see the goodness of the Lord in the land of Thank you very much. That is very powerful. That question was too big for me. I didn't want to start answering that question. I was thinking, mm. <laughs> <laughs> it's a very big question, but that is really amazing. Uh, one thing I wanted to just add is to say, there was also um, a lady who also asked me that uh, same question and said, um, I was asking myself, but also people were asking me to say, um, you know, if I have prayed so much and if I have done all these things, why has this trouble come to me? Um, and I said to that lady, that question of saying, you know, you pray so much, where are your prayers? Or you fast so much, where is your fasting? Or you serve God so much, why isn't your God helping you? We must recognize who is asking that question because it's not God. God knows exactly where your prayers have gone. God knows exactly where you're serving him has gone. God knows exactly where your fasting has gone. And where those things have gone is where the word of God says they have gone. Because God says when we pray, he answers. So he has answered our every prayer. He has heard our every prayer. And if, he has, he, if something else has happened, it is not about where is God. And also, I mean, we, God says he is not unfaithful that he will forget the labor that we serve him with. So where is our labor? God is not forgetting it right at that point. He's remembering it. Where is it? That's where it is. 
You know, fasting is something that we have been commanded by God to do. And we know when we fast, what happens? It's in the book of Isaiah. Then our light shines. So where is your fasting? Well, your light is shining. We walk by the word, not by what is happening to us. And we insist on that. And let me just um, uh, finish also by adding this one, that even to the very death, even to the very departing out of this world, there is a point at which men and women of faith embraced promises of God of this world. So for example, you embrace that I'm going to be healed. You embrace that this thing is going to change. You embrace it so much, but the Bible says they still looked for a better country. So the promises of God of saying, okay, I want to be healed right now. What if a point of death comes and you can see a better world? It's either I want to be healed and stay in this world or I can see a glorious country and I want to go there. You can choose to go there. You have not lost. You have gone in faith because God is not going to tell you, wait, I need to build your house first. He said, I've prepared a place for you. So for me, even to the very point of death, I will embrace all the promises of God. I will confess. But if I come to a point where I can see a glorious place, I have to think, do I want to stay here and embrace my faith? Or do I want to go? If I decide to go, I'm going. And everybody needs to be celebrating because it's a greater win. So we never lose at any point. We never, ever lose. God never, ever loses. And remember, if somebody asks you, where is your prayer? You have the answer. Tell him where the prayer is. It's not God asking because he cannot ask what he has. Where is your fasting? He has seen everything. He's not the one asking, where is it? Well, he knows. Where is the works that I have done? He's not asking. He is the one who has recorded them. Amen. so much thank you for those answers okay so now we're going to go to Adelaide and get a question from Adelaide please thank you ladies thank you so much this question is actually from my sister here Sajaki um I'll go first with her and then I'll ask mine as well um her question is as a young women serving in a ministry and you know the calling upon your life and you know also you are under a spiritual father and a spiritual mother so there's a time the time comes where they can release you but her question is how do you maintain that discipline between you and your spiritual parents that goes to pastor Catherine and mom as well Okay, um, I will be the first one to answer that question. Um, I think when we are going into ministry, God knows that we have been called for ministry. And as I said before, it's a very, very, um, it's a big thing that would need a lot of support. And God does bring people around us that will help us reach there. Um, I think myself, it, if it hadn't been for people that I look up to, um, I think I would have given up. And so if God has brought somebody in your life that you can learn from, um, 
I believe that there is a point at which you need that wisdom where somebody can say to you that I think now um, you can you are ready to go depending on the experience that God has given them especially if they have been in ministry longer than yourself I believe that um, because they are also hearing from God I'm assuming they are hearing from God and they really have the heart to help you I believe that the only reason they may say wait a little bit is just for your own uh, protection just to make sure that you are ready um, I think that's what I can say. I have to make the assumption that the, whoever it is that is mentoring you has on his heart that they are helping you into your next phase and that they are sincerely hearing God and they are sincerely mentoring you so that you can be your best because that's what it's about. And then they have certain wisdom and they have certain pitfalls that they know. So if that's the person that is mentoring you and you trust them, uh, maybe it's just a matter of also um, trusting their judgment in that one. Not to say that that may not be the case, but I'm assuming if that's the case, um, learn from that wisdom because you need that wisdom not only before you start the ministry, but also way, way after because you always need someone. You definitely need someone. Otherwise, you cannot do it by yourself. You need someone that you can, can hold your hand and give you wisdom. Thank you. And, uh, very wise answer. For me, um, I think it is so important that we understand that um, when, when Jesus spoke and, and said that we need to count the cost, so, so if someone starts to build a building and they only they run out of money halfway through, it's an embarrassment, um, and we need to be counting the cost for the whole thing. I believe that when we are stepping out in ministry, we have to count the cost and recognize that um, the cost is not just for you; it is for those that you will lead, and that we cannot afford to have people fail or people quit halfway through because when a minister quits it can actually cause a whole lot of people to stumble and so we have to be willing to have a long-term view which is why I think the value of of spiritual mothers and fathers that are genuinely wanting to empower um, as you continue to maintain honor and you honor them uh, throughout when you are released when you are serving them um, when you're serving them, you're growing in character, you're persevering, you're learning. And, um, and when, when they send you out to maintain that relationship uh, through honor, I think is really important because when, and I have, I have so many wonderful spiritual sons and daughters, um, but as they, as they fly, I get so happy. I celebrate them. I use my platform to help promote them. But then because they know I am for them, they'll continually ask me for wisdom and advice. Um, and they will they continue to honor me. And so it's a beautiful, healthy relationship, not a domineering one. But I also think it's important that we, we understand that mentors and leaders are not responsible to make things happen for you. Because I can't make things happen for people. I can encourage them. I can show them the way, but it's the Lord that brings the increase. 
And uh, so we also need to be responsible to be hearing from God for the initiatives that he puts in our heart. So if you're waiting for your leader to tell you, you need to do this, 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 and this, um, and not actually relying on the Holy Spirit to show you what to do and then bring it to your leader to submit it for wisdom and counsel, um, then you are all their responsibility on your leader. You also need to be prepared to be hearing from the Holy Ghost. The Holy Spirit himself will give you um, initiatives and ideas. Uh, you can then bring them to your leader. They can bring counsel and wisdom regarding timing and the way things are done. But you also need to take responsibility for your own call. And prophetess as well. Um, my question is, as a young woman, as a young mother, serving in the ministry, you go children and you're a women leader, and you also go other responsibility in your hand in the church, um, how do you stand on your ground not to be unshakable when things really get tough and left and you know what to do? How can you still stand on your ground to be still in your faith and continue with the work of God? Hmm. Um, Ule, if it's all right, I'll, I'll answer that one first. Thank you. Um, I, I feel um, I always remind myself, where else am I going to go? You alone have the words of life. It's like when things got tough for the disciples and Jesus said to Peter, are you going to go too? And he said, where else am I going to go? You alone have the words of life. I have to remind myself of this. And the truth is that when God calls you, it's like he put it in Jeremiah, like he put it in Jonah. It's shut up in your bones. And even if you try to run from it, you'll never be happy or satisfied unless you're doing what you're called to do. And so when the going gets tough, there is a grace to, to pull on God and he will give you the, the, the grunts really on the inside that doesn't matter though the fig tree doesn't blossom though there'd be no fruit on the vine yet i will praise him um having that and that comes from perseverance perseverance is developed as you a, a character is developed through perseverance and when you have um given yourself to persevere through difficult times then you get the character to to be able to stand when things are difficult because you have a history with god I've persevered through things before and God's come through. I've fought the lion and the bear. This Goliath is going to be no different. Uh, and we get history with God when we learn to persevere. But if we quit, uh, if we give up, um, you know, the Lord says, if you're tired with running with the footmen, how are you going to run with the horses? And it's impossible for humans to run with horses. So it seems like an unfair thing for the Lord to ask. But what he was saying is, hey, you've been doing this in your own strength and you're tired. How are you going to do this in your own strength when things get really serious? What he was saying is you need to recognize that I haven't called you to do this in your own strength. I've called you to do this by the power of my spirit. So that's where we have to come back to prioritizing our time with the Lord to let him love us, restore our souls. We need to prioritize time to feed ourselves on on things that are going to edify us. We need to look after our own hearts, our own gardens with the Lord and let him uh, keep us in that strength, place of strength. 
Amen. Thank, Thank you. you so Thank much. You. That is really, really profound. Um, and Carla, um, I know that you're looking at time. Um, this is really, really wonderful. I want us to get a question at least from all the different campuses. If they have questions, at least one on each campus uh, and at least two on Zoom. And then we will go from there because there's a lot of people on Zoom. Okay. Um, one thing I also wanted to add was um, when it comes to difficult times, one of the things that keeps me going is... Um, the word that God told me when I actually was to start um, the ministry, when I was to serve him, what did God say? Because if it wasn't for that he said something, uh, it's very difficult to just quit and just do any other thing. So it's important that in everything that we are doing, that somewhere, somehow, there's a voice of the Lord a seed that is constant that you can't get rid of even if you are serving like in the worship team or you're serving in the women's ministry or in whatever you're doing the smallest thing or you are cleaning or you're what you have to have something in you that says god um has has called me to do this or god is pleased with me doing this and so if it's so tough you say lord it's because of you it's for your sake um, you know, I love you so much and I'm going to do this thing because in the end, um, yeah, like Pastor Catherine says, where else are you going to go if when you go there you don't have that same word in you that's assuring you of what you're doing? So that's the thing that's going to keep you going. Um, I think if the Lord constantly is continuing to speak to you inside of you, how are you, how are you going to live without... How are you going to leave that and go to something else? Because there is a void somewhere else. So it's important to find in the word what we are doing, and it will keep us strong. Thank you so much, Carla. Back to you. Powerful. Thank you so much. So we're going to cross to a uh, Zoom call first before we go to Port Moresby. So we've actually got... Uh, Shristi, number 40 in uh, the Zoom, who'd like to ask a question. So we can go into the Zoom and if you can wave for us so that we can ask you your question. Hi, Catherine. Hello, Mama. Uh, I actually have a question um, the, about, you know, the connection with God. Uh, so as Catherine um, yesterday told us that, you know, it's very hard uh, to, uh, you know, like have a connection with God when we just pray mandately. And, uh, but there are times when just, uh, you know, like I hate to pray mandatory as well but there are just times when god doesn't answer or there are just times where god is just really silent like there are many seasons where god is really silent with us and you know how do you deal with in that period so i wanted to ask this question to catherine and both mama like how do you find again ways to connect to god <laughs> yeah that's a very good that's a very good question and i appreciate that um i this is where faith kicks in Smith Wigglesworth used to say, if God's not moving, I'll move him. 
which seems like a really bold statement, but what he was saying is he will, that's at, at that point, he picks up his faith. And so for me in those seasons, um, I, normally for me, that happens when I'm struggling to hear an answer. Um, and so when that happens, I find it's better for me to, to pull back and, and, and yield and okay, give up my need to have an answer and just come back to what do I know? He says, call on me and I will answer. And he says that uh, seek and I will find. So I can have faith that I, I'll, I'll worship you. And I can have faith that as I worship you, you are looking back at me and loving me. And when I get back to that, and that's all that matters right now. Well, that's all that matters is that I love you and I worship you. And instead of having my need for an answer met, my I can find my need for connection just through adoration and adoring him. And then I, I'll often ask the Holy Spirit to give me scripture, um, to give me a chapter and verse to read. I'll ask Holy Spirit to help me. Um, or I'll go back to where he was last speaking and I'll look at that again and let him take me from there. So if he was speaking through a passage um, and I, I feel like I haven't heard him talk to me at all for a while, I'll go back to where he last was speaking and from there remember what he was saying and then worship comes back up in my heart and then I can come to a place of peace where he can start to speak new things um, or I can look at it again and find more revelation. Sometimes we want to hear about something else and he's still wanting to speak about uh, the thing that we haven't fully grasped before. So um, so that's one way I do it. What would you say? Oh, I would say that that's, that's a really... Um beautiful answer that you have given pastor kathleen i think that if she follows that then that's a really good um way to start and to get into that so i will leave it at that one and also let me just um assure everyone that um pastor kathleen will answer more questions she has depth depth of um experience um, and um, understanding when it comes to hearing uh, God's voice because this is um, her life message as she told us yesterday so when she begins to speak when her time comes here she would like to answer more questions so for those of you who feel like you have been uh, cut off she will answer those type of questions but also any other questions that are remaining now I think this is going really really wonderfully so I'll just ask Carla to conclude with one last question question and then we'll move on and when Pastor Kathleen comes back she's going to take more questions. Thank you. Thank you Mama. <laughs> we have, uh, our last question now in Port Moresby please and this will be the last question in this segment of Q&A. Thank you. Praise the Lord. Yes, I have a question, and the question is um, being a mother and being a pastor of the church and being a ministry, I have uh, so many things to do, and then at the same time, we have our children to look after, and at the same time, we have so many things to uh, do, and there comes to a time where 
the ministry's own uh, ministry's you know calling and the children's are calling and then we are like uh, in the uh, crossroad and we thought of ourselves and that's my question I thought to myself, what will I do first? If I'm taking the ministry, what will happen to my children? And if I'm taking my children, uh, my ministry's followers are look upon me. And sometimes um, I just feel like quit or I just feel like just give up, uh, just leave the ministry alone and take the children as a priority. And uh, sometimes, you know, like eating the brick walls, our prayer cannot be answered at the same time because things tend to be disturbance in our life and uh, confusions arise and doubts arise and all these stuff. Can you explain a little bit about it? For so many mothers, we are facing uh, just things like this. Uh, we choose to save God and we choose to work for his kingdom and we choose to be the part of his kingdom. And those are the things that disturb our lives. So please, can you explain a little bit about it? My question is, how can we stand as a single mother and how can we stand as a woman in so many ministry? Thank you. I will leave that one uh, for Pastor Kathleen um, to answer that question. She had started earlier, but it, this is like something that um, needs even more. So I will leave it to you, Pastor Kathleen. Thank you. Thank you. Firstly, can I honor you for serving the Lord? You know, I am. I want to. I want to honor every woman that is uh, working in ministry. I really honor you. People don't understand. They don't understand the cost. They don't understand that it's not a nine to five job. It's you carry, you mother so many people and, and it hurts your heart when they hurt and you want to help every one of them. And um, people, people cannot understand the, the weight and the burden uh, that you all carry. And I want to honor every one of you who are serving the Lord in ministry? It is um, it is a it's a very big thing, and I I really want to honor every one of you and say thank you for the way that you love, because the Lord says as much as you've done it to the least of these, you've done it unto me, and uh, and I think that is that is so important. So I really want to honor you, and particularly single moms that are serving the Lord. Oh. But the, you know what? The Lord is so near to you. He is so near to you. And he, he takes everything you do so personally. It's so, it's so beautiful. I want to encourage you that everything you do, you know, when, you, when you're making dinner for the family and you can do it as unto the Lord, the Lord takes that as worship. He says, you've done it to me. As you're making the bed, he says, you've done it to me. As you're looking after your family, you've done it to me. For me, that was huge. Not separating ministry and family, but recognizing everything I do, I can do unto the Lord and the Lord can take it as worship. So when I love my husband, when I look after my children, it's a ministry to the Lord and the Lord takes it personally and he says, thank you. It, he, he receives it as worship when we do it as an offering of worship to him. So I can 
it can make the porridge in the morning and it can be worshipped to the Lord, which is so beautiful. But I, I do want to encourage you, again, as I said, um, boundaries are important and we need not to condemn ourselves for what we can't do. And you are not called to be everybody's saviour. I feel this way. I feel it particularly even now more than ever with as I'm on television and uh, overseeing so many churches. I get, I get messages night and day of people that are in dire straits. People who need me, want me to come, want me to pray, want me, and I can't do everything. I can't do everything. And it's hard because I want to say yes to everything because I can't, it's like, how do you say no? How do you say no when the, when the need is so great? Uh, it's very difficult, but I have to remind myself, I'm not people's savior. Jesus is their savior. And so sometimes when people ask me to pray, I, I would say yes, and then I'd feel like I, if I forgot to do it, then I'd feel condemned. And so I would, for now when people ask me to pray, I try to do it on the spot. So if, if they say, can you please, please sister, will you pray for this situation? If I'm gonna say yes, I'll do it right there on the spot rather than add it to the pile of things that I'm gonna to have to do later. Or I'll be honest with them. Sometimes people say, can you pray for me? And they expect that you're gonna pray for them every day for the rest of your life. And I can't do that. So I will say, I will pray with you right now. And so I'll, I'll tell them what I can do. Um, and I also have to tell people what I can't do. I, even in our own local church, we have about 500 people and people say to me all the time, oh, pastor, I need to see you. I need to have coffee with you. And I love them. My heart wants to, but every yes is a no to something else. And I have to realize that. And so my yes to them is a no to my family or my yes to them is a no to one of the leaders I need to help. So I have to just say to them, um, I love you, I can talk to you right now for a couple of minutes, or I would encourage you to talk to Pastor so-and-so or to this leader, uh, they can help you. I don't, and I just don't. I can't meet with our local congregation on a regular basis individually. I have leaders who can do that. I meet with my leaders, and it's just the way it has to be because I am finite. Jesus was finite. He didn't have coffee with everybody who wanted coffee with him. He, he was able to focus on his 12 leaders. The leaders were able to help. And then they were able to appoint deacons and others to be able to do things. And so just having to be able to be aware that you are not able to do everything. But as you designate, um, remember Jethro told Moses, Moses, you're going to burn yourself out and kill yourself if you keep trying to do this. You need to appoint some leaders. You need to delegate and recognize that you can't take responsibility for everything and everyone. Oh, just clap hands for Jesus. Such wonderful wisdom. And uh, thank you so much, Carla, for taking us through this wonderful, wonderful time. You have done a great job. And um, yes, we just clap hands for Carla. Thank you so much. And um, so, as I've said, those questions in the different campuses, um, collect those questions 
uh, we can send them to Pastor Kathleen and she can have them. Uh, and then if there's more, we can just keep uh, sending them to her so that she will have a look. Um, she will address them as she's ministering because she feels that she's really getting to the heart of everyone when she's responding directly to the questions that people have. And also at the end, as she's praying for us, she will pray for things that are actually on your heart. And I really thank God for Pastor Kathleen, which is why conferences like these are very wonderful because if you have such seasons, and women of God, they will help answer those questions. And even the last question was also, um, um, I thought of the question asked in Adelaide as well. I said, this is why you need somebody who trusts, who is really a spiritual mother or father, who will help you because when you get overwhelmed with ministry, you need someone who is seasoned and wise to tell you, stop doing this because by yourself, you always feel bad to say no to someone in your own church. And, you know, because those people will not understand you, but they will tell you, stop, stop, this is not good for you. And that is so, so important to not walk the journey alone. So I believe that as we are speaking now, you know, that God will connect every woman of God with someone they can look up to. Um, and I thank God for Pastor Kathleen Ronala because I look up to her in many, many things just by following her ministry. But, you know, and as the Lord opens more opportunities, just learning what she's doing, you know, because um, I'm coming behind and um, there's such, just so much to learn uh, because we can always, we can only do this thing together, not just ourselves lonely and overwhelmed. So thank you, Lord Jesus. We believe you have been blessed by this inspiring message from the heart of our Lord. Do not miss our next conference. For more information, visit www.streams.org.au or call 1300-361-971. Keep radiating the love of Jesus to the world.